If I would talk about a bare minimum, I would say your first goal is to get people to the game. I can write a caption, but frankly, the kids are usually better at writing a caption. One thing, unfortunately, we've learned is no coach, no parent, no student athlete will ever be satisfied. Hey everybody, my name is Pat Cohan and this is the 80 Insider Thursday 30. Our guest for today's show is Barbara Barnes, the Associate Athletics Director for Communication at Georgetown University. In this episode, we're going to try to create an AD's guide to social media. We're going to talk about building a social media strategy that fits your bandwidth, developing a posting process for every single sport, figuring out how to delegate without losing control, establishing really what your brand value is and maybe how to monetize that at the high school level, and what the heck to do with TikTok. But before we dive into those topics and more, uh, we do want to thank our partner for helping us put on this episode and connecting us with Barbara, and that's Box Out Sports. Box Out gives you the ability to create graphics at the speed of sports to highlight your athletic department, teams, and student athletes in seconds. Used and trusted by Notre Dame, Ohio State, UConn, Marquette, and Georgetown, as we're going to see here, and many other top college brands in the country. If you want your school's brand to stand out through all the clutter, Highly recommend you check out Box Out. Start your own free trial. I think it's two weeks long. You can do your free trial at boxoutsports.com. Barbara, thanks so much for joining us. Thanks so much for having me. I appreciate it. So just to start, can you give us an overview of what the communications department at Georgetown Athletics is responsible for and how many people you have on your team to make that happen? Sure. Um, I've been at Georgetown for, this is my 15th year now, but I've been in uh, college athletics, specifically communications for at least 20. And um, communications has changed entirely. Uh, what we did 20 years ago, it's, it's a shell of what we do now. Um, so we're obviously responsible, responsible for the internal and external communications. So that might be getting information to the AD, to donors, but then also to fans. Um, and working directly with the teams and coaches really closely. So we really like to say we have our hand in everything. Along with that, in the past probably 10 years, but definitely the past five years, every team now expects social media, videos, all these different ways um, that they connect with their recruits, with their fans, with their alums. Um, and so we take a really active role in that uh, even though when we started out, no one really even knew what social media was. And now all of a sudden it's, it's probably a lot of how we spend our day. And how many total sports are you managing as a group? And then as you personally, so we have 30 sports here at Georgetown and we have a group of five, uh, here in our communications office. Uh, it's myself, and then I have four assistants below me, and then we also have two interns that we bring on every year, um, as well as a few student staff uh, that work in our office throughout the year. But the other thing is everything we do is incredibly collaborative. So we're working with our marketing director and his students, the ticket office, the advancement people. So, um you know, the, the sports want us to kind of be 24 seven. And in order to do that, we do need to work collaboratively with a lot of different areas to make sure that we're getting everything done. Um, me personally, I have um, men's soccer and women's basketball that I specifically work with. Uh, I do also a lot of the administrative stuff. So, 
So that's a whole nother side of it. Um, mm -hmm. But everybody on our staff tends to have about three, four, three or four sports, depending on what they are. So with 30 different sports and only five staff, it's a little different at the high school level. Really, there's not a staff behind this, but I'd love to hear how you guys decide what is possible with the bandwidth that you have. Mm hmm. Yeah, well, first of all, I don't know how high school ADs do it, frankly, with all of that. <laughs> um, because one thing, unfortunately, we've learned is no coach, no parent, no student athlete will ever be satisfied. Um, you, you can post and post and do this and that, and there'll always be a school that does it better, does something cooler. So that's one thing you really have to just consider is what, what are my limitations? How much can I do? Um, because if you're sitting there and comparing yourselves to, you know, in our position, if we're comparing ourselves to a power five school, they have a very different budget than we do. And I'm sure at the high school level, it's the same thing where an AD is someone's coming to them and saying, Hey, look what Alabama football did. Can we do that? No, of course you can't do that. <laughs> so it's, it's really hard to kind of manage those expectations, but the, the best way to do that is to kind of have a set plan in place. If you're very clear what your expectation or, or what kind of your bandwidth is with your coaching staff and with some of your key stakeholders, maybe that are a few of the parents um, that are really active or even some of the student athletes, just making it clear, I'm one person. I can do this much. This is what I do for every sport. Um, and trying to make it, equitable as much as possible. Um, it is really hard because it's easier to cover a soccer game than it is a golf uh, tournament. Everyone would tell you that, you know, it's very easy to go get some good pictures at soccer, put up the score. You can do that. Well, how are you doing that for a golf tournament? It's three days. It's this, it's that. So it's trying to find a level of equity and expectation with each program. And it doesn't always have to be exactly the same, but figuring out what works for them. What about the parent or the the coach that says, oh, I'll just get a student that does this for me? You know what I mean? Like another golf at a golf outing, like, oh, we'll just get a student to follow and then they'll do it. What what What's wrong with doing that? So that is actually a great resource, especially when you're talking about social media. Um, I think everyone would tell you the people that are best on social media are young people. You know, they know what people want to see. They're on the cutting edge of a lot of things. At the same time, uh, you can't just give a student free reign on your social media. That will definitely end poorly. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we, we actually work really closely with the coaching staff and our students to kind of find that balance. So we like to say that we will take care of the meat and potatoes. We're going to take care of your, your game day graphic, you know, or your match day graphic. Um, we're going to make sure we have a photographer there and get some photos up after, after the event and make sure score updates go up. But that stuff where you have, you know, a player coming onto the field and they do something like that, they're not going to do that to me. If I'm standing there with my phone, I'm, I'm a 40 year old woman. They are going to do that to one of their peers. So we work really closely with assistant coaches, managers, some of our students that have interest where we'll train them up on appropriate ways to be on social media. And quite often they're getting the best content. So we're kind of, you know, we're the framework, but they're getting the fun stuff, the cool stuff. They're the ones with a phone in the middle of a huddle, getting that really, really 
organic, cool shot that, that all the players are going to be super excited about. Um, but the big key is just communicating that what you can and can't do, whether that is, you know, you can't use music that you, um, that you don't own. We at about 10 years ago, every assistant coach thought they could use iMovie and make a highlight video. And now we're all of a sudden getting sued by, you know, a company <laughs> that's on that. So, yeah. you know, there's a lot of guidelines like that where you do have, you can't just steal a photo. So teaching people that, teaching um, people kind of what to look for and then being able for them to go out and use and get that really good organic content. So I want to start first with the meat and potatoes, like you talked about earlier, just to kind of get, bring it back to giving ADs kind of a guide to it. If you were to put out a bare minimum of what you would recommend an athletic director to try to support their teams across the board with what would those posts be? Um, and then we can go into how we can do that most efficiently. Um, if I would talk about a bare minimum, I would say your first goal is to get people to the game, you know, or to the match, make them aware. So something the day before, letting people know this is happening, communicating how to get tickets, what time it's at, where it's located. Uh, my next thing would be to let them know it's about to happen. If that's a starting lineup, if that's a cool photo, something like that. And then throughout whatever's going on, um, score updates. If it's a sport that doesn't lend itself to that, a good example is like a swim meet. You know, you're, it's rare, you're, you're not gonna have score updates through a whole swim meet. Making sure you have a final graphic, maybe with the standings of if it was a dual meet, you know, or if there was a few, um, highlight some good performances. So the meat and potatoes would be basically making sure that people know what's happening, how they can be there, and if they missed it, what happened. So at the bare minimum, they're doing that. They're making people aware. They're telling people when it happens so they can be there. And then you're telling them what happened. For you, what's your template per sport? Like, do you look at the schedule and say, okay, I got to know. I, every single competition has these posts with it. Yes, we absolutely go through and look at, okay, if we have a game on this day, we know the day before that that game day graphic is, or I'm sorry, that advanced graphics going up, then that game day graphics going up the next morning. So we will look at the schedule and kind of plan all that out because frankly, a lot of that can be done ahead of time. Um, How far, how far ahead of time are you doing this? Uh, when I have a student in the office looking for something to do, I will gladly tell them to do the entire basketball schedule um, and make sure all of my, my graphics are scheduled and ready to go. Now I'll tell you when there's a time change, it's a problem. I always forget to <laughs> update mm -hmm. my schedule. <laughs> yep. But beyond that, it's it's wonderful to know because yeah, that stuff's scheduled way ahead. It, it's uh, you know you know there's no reason to be working the morning of a game. Um, so what are those uh, basketball game? Mm -hmm. You have your advanced graphic. You have your game day graphic. What else are you adding on to that on the front and back during the game? How does that work? And I know every sport's different. Yeah, yeah. So if, if it's a traditional sport like a basketball or soccer, um, yeah, we'll go the game day before. We'll do the game day graphic. Then we'll have most likely like a starting lineup graphic um, and then quarters or halves based on how you're playing, um, you know, like a halftime graphic and a post game graphic. And that's also not always all going to the same place. Um, so, for example, we would uh, everything would go to Twitter. And the game day graphic is going to go to your Instagram feed, 
but we're not going to put a score graphic on your Instagram feed for a team. We're only going to put that to the story, especially a halftime. So there is some thinking of, does it need to live forever or does it make sense to just live for 24 hours? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it kind of matters what it is based on where it goes. And that's just because you, why have a bajillion score graphics on your feed that's really cluttering it up? Because the grid is something that's a little more important on Instagram, whereas Twitter, people expect it to be kind of a live, a live feed. Um, So that lends itself better to putting all those graphics up. Um, Facebook, it's kind of the same where people, we might not do all the graphics, but we'll do some of them. So it's really dependent on um, where it kind of makes the most sense for each platform. Okay. And so you you say you you could even bring in a student and have them do the whole season just basically like kind of get in and set up how the heck do you let that happen you know without being in control of that so what software are you using uh for the scheduling for the graphics and then two what are you doing in terms of the proofing process of that so uh some of the stuff we use i'm gonna share my screen here um we use Meta um, Business Studio a lot. It might, you also might know it as Facebook Creator Studio. I think it just rebranded. But you can see here, we can go ahead and we can schedule um, to both Facebook and Instagram. We can schedule all these things out. So for example, this birthday post right here, I promise you on Saturday, I was not putting up a birthday post for a women's basketball player. (laughs) (laughs) So those are things, you know, her birthday doesn't change. We can get all that done. Um, So we'll go through and make sure I'll have that student put in that uh, game day graphic that goes that morning and everything will be scheduled in meta. And we can decide if we want it to go to that feed, just to the story, to both. Um, to Facebook for something like a game day graphic, I would put it to everything because we want people to know, we want them to come to the game. Whereas like a halftime score, I might not go everywhere. Um, But that is one thing we do for both uh, Facebook and Instagram. Another thing is TweetDeck is a um, a huge help for us. This is something right here. We actually are doing a, it's with our anniversary, of 70 women, 70 years of women in sports here at Georgetown. So we have weekly posts that go up about women in sports and we have these scheduled. I had a student do this last year in, I believe, September, and it's scheduled through October of this year. Um, Because again, those things aren't changing and it's just content that's easy. And I go through, once they finished up, I went through all these scheduled posts. I read through them, made sure everything looked good. And that I can go on my way. Um, When you're talking about how do you kind of make sure that everybody's on the same standard, that is is really a challenge because everybody in the world thinks they're a graphic designer. And here at Georgetown, we actually don't have a graphic designer on staff. Um, So this is something that we struggled with because we were looking at some places that have multiple designers on staff and they were coming up with these great uh, graphics and things like that. And we don't have time at halftime of a soccer game when I'm also statting to make some fancy graphic. Um, so that's one of the reasons for us box out has totally changed the way we do things. Um, because you don't need to be a professional. You don't need to be a graphic designer. You can do it quickly. Um, but the biggest thing for us is 
you meet all of our brand standards because we have everything already set. Um, Could you open that up and just show how that looks? You know, at the beginning of the year, if you're giving a student time to say, hey, book out all of women's basketball for the fall, like where do they start? Are they given graphics? Are you giving them like walk through that process? Because this is something totally ADs could do with a student in high school, as long as they have these kind of standards set in the beginning and process to prove. It's really something that could be delegated, but monitored really closely. Exactly. Exactly. Um, yeah. So this is, this is box out. Basically I'll use the example of soccer where, um, I go in and I can even go into my settings here and you can see, you can connect things so it can automatically go. Um, but you also have the ability to decide what, what colors people use, what logos they use. Um, if you're in something like Canva, which a lot of people use, that's great. It makes beautiful things, but you can mess with a lot of stuff. You know, you can be a blue school and some student decides that that red in the graphic looks great. You won't have a red graphic at Georgetown. That's not happening. <laughs> so, so you can set your brand standards and absolutely. The graphics will not change. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, like I, I physically couldn't go in here and edit that Jack. Oh, say that. Last oh. <laughs> <laughs> I messed up there. But OK, so freshman of the week, click on that. Like, can I change that graphic? No, um, this is one you wouldn't be able to do. So, for example, choose my text color. I am, you are only given the options that we've decided, you know, that are part of our branding. Um, that. And that's for all of our colors. So you could never all of a sudden make it a red graphic. Um, for the ADs, there is a way, if you're the administrator of this account, uh, let's say for um, women's basketball, we always do a pink game. Right. We will add in pink for that day so that we can make graphics with pink on them and then we'll remove them after the fact. So nobody makes a pink graphic just because they think it's cool. Um, at the same time, um, yeah, we go into here and we go into the, your logo library and you can't stretch the logo, change it. So we just, we can go in and we can choose our exact logo that we want. Um, and we know it's the correct one. Nobody Google imaged it and found the wrong one. Um, you know, I, it I seems funny, but it's a really big deal. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time in spacing. And I'm the worst at this. Our team uh, knows this. Our, our graphic designer will, they'll always say too busy, too busy, or like it's too close or too big or something. And so I just have stopped even trying because I don't have the eye to say that's the right spacing or that's where it should go. I just don't. Exactly. And that's the beauty of this is everything is kind of laid out. Actually, one thing they just added, which we're really excited about is we were able to customize um, our font. So now Jack's name is in our actual font. So cool. it's a little more custom to us, but you can go through and it's literally just filling in the blank. You choose your art. If you have, you know, someone who photographs a game, you can upload it. You can decide however it makes sense. Wait, you know, go back. You. So you have these yeah. organized by people. We do. We organize it by people because then if so, and so instead of by game, because when I'm making a graphic, most likely, I don't need, you know, just a random game. I need this person who had the game winner, especially when you're doing that. I can quickly be like, oh, so-and-so had the game winner. I'll use a picture of them. Because why am I going to put a, someone who didn't play in the game on the winning graphic? Um, 
So yeah, we'll quickly look. Uh, and again, these are things our students do. Um, after, you know, on the Monday after a game, they come in and we tell them, hey, we've got all the photos from this week. Can you pull them into box out into the appropriate folders? Um, it's, it's busy work, it's easy to do. Um, so you can just choose your person and then you can crop how you want it. So, you know, if you want it really tight, you can, and they give you these grid lines so you can make sure you're right in the middle and change, you know, maybe last week, Jack was the freshman of the week and this week, uh, you know, John is the player of the week. So all I'm doing is changing their name. I'm not even changing anything else. There's no reason to. And now I have my player of the week graphic and uh, I can share that automatically. I can download it and I can email it to myself or someone else. And then I can share it through my social channels. Um, and in particular, one thing that has really been a big thing for us is um, they now offer multi, uh, multi-format because one thing that I, I don't like is when like we have a score graphic, but I don't have one that fits an Instagram story. Well, now they have these. So if I'm, uh, if I'm looking at this score graphic, I'm going to put in all the information. Oh my gosh. And I'm going to get it in three different formats. So I'll be able to use this one size for Twitter, this one size for um, Instagram, for your feed, and this one sized for the story. And I am... I can show you here. I am not putting in new information every time. I'm putting in the same information and it's just generating it for me. So that is huge. <laughs> now, going back to the student being able to do most of this for you in terms of the planning, let's say the game day graphics, you know, the schedule, you know, the location, you know, the times. Are you deciding on what graphic templates they can use or is it kind of like, hey, here's everything BoxOut has, pick a cool one. Um, how do you organize that? No, we, um, we really prefer to keep things consistent. So a lot of times I'll make the first ones of the year for my sports. And then after that, I'll tell the students, these are our goal graphics. These are our win graphics. Um, even though BoxOut has tons of options, uh, I prefer to keep the same ones and all, all of my colleagues do as well, because a lot of it is about catching people's eye. Because if I have a game day graphic and change it up every time, at some point people aren't gonna recognize that that's a game day graphic. But if they know this year that's game day, as soon as they see that graphic, even if they haven't really looked at it, they know, oh, Georgetown men's soccer has a game. So actually that consistency really helps us um, kind of catch people's eye and make sure we're communicating that information that we want to share with them. I know there's a lot of people who are tempted to mix it up and, and you can, but I'm never about reinventing the wheel. You know, <laughs> you well, can you mix it up with a cool new picture as opposed to an entirely new design. How long do you think, let's take soccer. What season are you in? What men's or women's? Uh, men's. Okay. So let's, let's take men's soccer right now. And I gave you the schedule in July. How long do you think it would take, or what is the hour man hours that you would put in to doing their whole season with the base of a, um, awareness graphic, game day graphic and score graphic. 
Um, I would say that would probably be about three hours of work. They play about 20 games. They play about 20 games until you get to tournament and you can't plan for that as, as much. Um, so that's saying like three hours I'm going to put into making sure I get their whole season covered and I'm going to do 75% of that all in one day. And then the rest is just updating the scores or changing things. Exactly. Wow. Yeah. And, and and the other thing with that is, I mean, I'd probably have to spend more time if I was pulling in photos all the time. Um, so it matters how much, how many photos you have. Some of our sports, a soccer, we're shooting all the time. Um, a golf, we might get out to them once a year. So uh, the photos are in there and that you can. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that takes a little time. And there's some stuff on the front end where sometimes based on which graphics you're using, um, we if you're doing something that has individual players and has like cool cutouts and things like that, you can upload them to each player. So it matters how you're using them, but at the bare minimum, yeah, I would say for a season, it, like about like three, maybe four hours, if you were able to just sit down and knock it out. Wow. Well, it's just getting those systems, right? Okay. It's getting the, it's organizing the photographer to get them to the student or to the person that can upload them to whatever platform you're using. They fall in, they're organized appropriately. Those all things take time, but those don't need to be the AD. There's a lot of young people that want to get into sports. And so these are ways to get them involved without them affecting you publicly. And you're able to kind of get above and start managing that brand instead of just managing the posts. Like I just, that's where I, I, I tell my wife this all the time. I'm tired of clicking buttons. I need to get out of clicking the buttons and somehow get above to where I can really see what we're doing and getting stuff out there at a, at a higher level. Absolutely. And if nothing else, it's just easier to sometimes have other people with that feedback. You know, when we're making these graphics, we are also thinking of a caption and I can write a caption, but frankly, the kids are usually better at writing a caption. And again, if I just have a quick oversight where I'm reading through, they're going to come up with much catchier things than I am every single time. I promise. And all that's done in the drafts of TweetDeck and Meta. It's not on a spreadsheet. It's not in an email. It's just all laid out. So you'd go to one place. Everything's there. Yeah, exactly. And you could put it in a spreadsheet, but then you'd have to put it right into Meta. So, I mean, you could, it just is taking away one extra step. How do you manage the athletic department wide account? Because I think that's also difficult, right? So you have your coaches that are contributing to, uh, or, or players and stuff, but then you as the AD maybe are looking at, okay, how do we promote the department as a whole? When it comes to our main account, we really need to think about what appeals to a, a larger audience and is a little more general public versus very team specific. Um, so for example, you know, this is our George at Georgetown Hoyas account, and it's going to do a lot about ticket sales, um, our women in sports celebration that obviously somebody scheduled months ago for me. <laughs> uh, we're usually promoting that there are game days and we can do like a retweet for a win. But the nice thing is the main account doesn't do a lot of individual posts. Um, we do a lot more of sharing and retweeting of our team accounts um, and just celebrating them. So you'll see that sometimes, you know, if we're putting something up on the main account, it's probably a little bit more um, specific to like 
fans buying tickets or this is a great example where we had our student group out at an away game to women's soccer. So women's soccer could post this, but because that's our all student group and they come to all sports, this was a great place to really showcase them and say, hey, check it out. They came to a soccer game because that's not just for soccer fans. That's for every fan to see, oh, look, we had all these students out at this game the other night. Um, so that's really how we try and utilize the main account as a way to showcase the good things that the smaller accounts are doing. How are coaches involved in this? Because you are managing that account, but you got a coach that's there every day at practice that knows all the internal things. Do they have access to the account as well and they have free reign or is there some sort of handoff? They send it to you and you approve or what is that? So every coach is different in, in really their want um, and what their expectations are and how they use social media. So we always say, you know, our coaches, this is their team. It's their program. They're deciding how they are represented. So we have some coaches, our volleyball coach is a great example where he's awesome on social media. He has the password and he's at practice and getting cool stuff and fun stuff because for him, he wants his recruits and his fans and his donors to see what they're doing behind the scenes. Um, you, we have our women's soccer coach who has no interest in it whatsoever, but he supports that we do. And he also understands that he needs it and he needs it for all those same groups, you know, his fans, his alums, all those people want to see stuff. So he tolerates it and he <laughs> delegates that to people on his staff. Um, and a lot of times that stuff just requires conversations with him, whereas, some coaches want to see everything because they say, it's my program. I need to see everything that goes out. Other coaches might say, uh, you know what? We're good. As long as you're not doing anything crazy. So it's a lot of building that relationship with your coaches and kind of figuring out how they want to use social media. Um, and that includes a lot of assistant coaches too, because what we tend to find is many head coaches don't really, they might have their own social media and they're using it for recruiting and things like that, but they don't really have a lot of time for the team account. But quite often you're going to have, a, especially a younger assistant who's really excited about this. Um, and you can really, really help them grow and kind of just give them those boundaries of what to think about um, and kind of let them take it. Because again, they're, like you said, they're around the program every day. They know the stories to tell, and then we can just really help support those as opposed to having to come up with that content. Does your assistant volleyball coach have access to box out? Absolutely. Absolutely. So you're equipping them with all of it because you know every one of them is going to have a perfect graphic. The colors are going to be all, everything's going to be good there. The logos are going to be the right place. They can't screw it up except for spelling error. Abs yeah. We, um, you know, I would say a few years back is when we really made a big push to all of our assistants saying, we will give you access. You you have access to all the pictures, all the logos, everything. Um, because we just kept seeing too much of, again, people misusing our logo, using the wrong logo, putting things up and it wasn't consistent. Um, and it was just really hurting an across the board branding uh, push that we were really trying to make. So now with our coaches having this, they also don't need to be graphic designers. And I think that's the thing they love the most is that it's plug and play and they can go and make these really cool graphics because we also, again, we, we can't be everything. We can't do everything. Um, a good example is camps. We don't do anything with camps. 
all of our camps are owned by our coaches, but our coaches are welcome to make camp graphics using box out to promote their camps. Absolutely. All day, because if they're using our marks, we want to make sure they're using them correctly. Um, so yeah, we, we encourage all of our staff members to, to use box out and to use a lot of the different tools we have. Um, because nothing I do is brain surgery. They can figure it out. but you have the protections in there it's not a free-for-all which is really nice the the Hoyas brand is one of the most valuable college brands out there like it's it's up there in the top tier but the high school level do you think brand is as important as it is at your level yeah I mean brands are one of the few things you own no matter who you are you know, if you have that logo, those colors, that brand, that matters. And and we talk about Georgetown, you know, Georgetown, historically, we were one of the first colleges to do licensing deals. Um, it's still very, very lucrative uh, at the college level. And, you know, if you're watching movies, you know, TV shows, you still see people with Georgetown gear on all the time. Um, I actually, I'm, I'm from a small town in Wisconsin. And I was very surprised to hear this summer I went I went home and I noticed that my nieces and nephews and my uh, brothers and sister-in-laws, everyone was wearing our local high school gear. And I kind of made a comment about it, like, oh, this is nice stuff. And they told me that their local Walgreens uh, sells all the high school gear. So there's no school store. There's no, you know, you go to Walgreens to buy the high school gear. And I'm certain that the high school is getting some money from that. So all of a sudden that logo becomes important because you own that, you know, and you're now getting a piece of money from a huge corporation where they're selling your stuff. Um, that, that it just amazed me that Walgreens was so smart to kind of partner in these small towns where, well, yeah, they need a place to buy the stuff, but they should be buying the officially licensed stuff. And, uh, you should be taking a piece of that. (laughs) You own that. And you can get your toothpaste and your, uh, and your drink and, and your lipstick on the way out. Exactly. I think it's brilliant, actually. To wrap it up, I do have this question because it's been something we've t- t- kind of wrestled with, and that's TikTok. Like, what is your stance on how to be effective there? Do you need to be effective there? Like, how have you grasped the new popularity over the last three years of TikTok and how big of a deal it is? Because we had Snapchat. Snapchat came through with the younger generation. It'd be, it was really important, but it's kind of gone away, right? And now we got TikTok, which doesn't look like it's going away. In terms of the user base and the speed of adoption, it looks like what Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook became um, over time. So what are you doing at your in your office about, are you having to account for every program? What, what is that? Yeah, we... Um... We've talked a lot about TikTok because you're right, especially our younger student athletes, our freshmen coming in. I mean, they live on TikTok. Frankly, I live on TikTok uh, myself personally. It's addicting. It is. But um, knowing the type of content that that TikTok requires, um, we have across the board said we, we can't keep up with that. We don't have a video department that can make that um, that amount of videos for all 30 of our sports. So what we came up with was we have our Georgetown athletics and we encourage our teams to create videos, to create TikToks um, because it is a fantastic platform. It's where a lot of our, our students, our recruits, they absolutely are. And it's incredibly powerful. 
but it requires an amount of work that we just can't keep up with. And, and one thing we know about TikTok is if you're not constantly posting, you're not going to be in people on people's for you pages. You know, you're not going to be part of the algorithm. So if you're w- trying to do a TikTok, you need to be on it all the time. And it's just virtually impossible. Um, and it's been kind of tough having conversations because we have student athletes that say, oh, I can do it. I can do it. And they do it for a week. And I promise you will never see them again. <laughs> and then you're stuck with a field hockey TikTok that has no videos on it. Yeah. So um, it's it's a fantastic platform. Um, the other thing is it it does kind of make sense with reels. Um, so we, a lot of times, if, if a team really wants to make videos that are just for them, we encourage them to just do it on reels um, because it's, it's basically the same thing. It doesn't have the same type of views and you're not going to have those, uh, those younger people possibly watching it, but you are going to have a lot of the same, um, the same tools to use. So I love TikTok, but unfortunately for us, it is impossible to try and have 30 TikToks. But are you doing, are you trying to say, Hey, we want a TikTok from every team once a once a season like is it scheduled out or is it because you have 30 teams if every one of them did a tiktok you'd have a month every month done yeah so again this goes a lot to what you're are you making things um organically or are you kind of planning them out and that's something that's really hard because as we know on tiktok most likely your best videos are going to be more organic fun stuff Um, and it it takes a lot of time to come up with that content. So we try and schedule things out. If we see a trend, you know, we're going to approach a team and be like, Hey, let's do this trend. Let's do that. There's a cool sound. This makes sense. Um, but we also rely on a student athlete or a coach being like, Hey, I want to do this TikTok. Okay. You know, and then we can go support it. Um, but even, you know, the content creation, just coming up with the ideas is incredibly time consuming and, And I think that, you know, for a high school AD, when you're, for anybody, when you're a content creator and really trying to run a social media account, not many people know how much time it takes to just scroll and get ideas. Like literally just scrolling and being like, oh, that's a cool idea. I should remember that. How could I change that to work for us? I mean, it's constant and and it's very, very time consuming. So I always want to remind people that just because, you know, you as an individual, you have one social media account and you think like, oh, it's not that bad. Well, all of a sudden, when you're trying to come up with content for four social media accounts, it's not easy. <laughs> well, Barbara, I just want to say thank you. And, and to give a quick recap, you know, kind of the spark notes of this episode you know, you gave us a good idea of what the bare bones should be for every sport, making it equitable, not not just equal, um, but understanding the differences between the sports and getting kind of a plan of I will do at least this for all the sports. Um, and, and that kind of gives you the meat or the bones of the social media accounts and then letting coaches, players, managers, everybody contribute to make it a fuller account. That I think was excellent. Um, just as the organization of using students to give you the the beginning or the 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 schedule of all the posts based on the schedule of the sports i think it was a great hack um because everybody can have that at least built in a draft mode so it takes a little less time when they go over it 
having students run captions. I think that was a great idea um, because that's really hard. You sit down, you're like, oh, I got to do a graphic. <gasps> I got to say something I'm okay with publicly. Um, so getting some ideas and just learning, also learning what they are saying or what's trendy right now for students. So that was great. And then just kind of helping us understand what value brand has and how, why it's important to build it and ultimately what the heck to do with uh, TikTok. So you did an excellent job on this episode. I want to thank you so much and best of luck to all of your sports, all 30 of them, uh, as you go through this fall season. Great. And thank you so much. I'm sure we'll be seeing some of the uh, high school ADs kids here next year. And thank you for listening. We're here to provide access to experts and educators in the field of athletic administration, but this is your podcast too. So please let us know what you'd like to hear next. You can reach out to us on social media or on our website, athleticdirectorinsider.com.